When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. In Colorado, the world is bedding down for winter. Really, winter should have already arrived to inspect the area with a light snowfall and some heavy frost, but it has been unseasonably warm, so the slow autumn has been colorful and has allowed me to scamper outside for short periods without my shoes on, which I particularly enjoy. Speaking of scamper, the fence freeway that the squirrels and other small creatures use has been quite busy as food is being gathered in for the winter. From my vantage point at my work desk, I can see them moving back and forth between the crabapple tree and their nests. The crabapples are the size of plums this year, and I suppose that if they put them in a cool place, it might last them through the winter. Sometimes they're carrying bits of root or fluff, and I assume they're gathering bedding. But the other evening, as it was getting dark, I saw one carrying something I didn't recognize. It was shimmering and glowing lighting up the face of the squirrel. The first teller for this episode is Colleen Jane. Colleen is a longtime listener and supporter of the podcast, and I am so pleased to be sharing her wonderful talent as a storyteller. She lives in the mountains of Colorado and tells stories with such warmth and kindness. It's as pleasant as sitting next to a river on a warm summer's day. Please sit back and enjoy her lovely telling of the talisman. The Talisman by Bailey Phelps. Bailey Phelps is a longtime Colorado storyteller, mentor, and friend. Bailey died April 9, 2018. He has given me permission to tell this story and as we remember him. Once there was a small village, one small town among many, in a lovely valley. To this town one day a stranger came. Well, strangers came often enough to buy and trade, but this one was stranger than most. His clothing, his accent, even the color of his skin was different from those of the townspeople. But it didn't seem to matter. When he asked where he could get his horse seen to, the people directed him to the blacksmith. While the work was being done, the smith's wife gave him bread and cheese and wine. He had a comfortable place to sit. People passing by waved cheerily. Some even stopped to talk. When the work was finished, The stranger stretched out his arms and his height went up and up. Tremendous. He held 
lightning coming out of his hands. He revealed himself to be a powerful sorcerer. He spoke, you have been kind to me. I would return the favor. I give you blacksmith, this talisman. He handed a curious object to the blacksmith, flat and round. Three times it will bring you what you need. You only need to place it between your hands, rub it, and ask for what you want. Farewell. The sorcerer returned to his former size, got on his horse, and rode away. It happened that there was a killing frost that season, followed by a drought. The village's crops barely came up, and when they did, they turned brown immediately. Soon it became a question of whether to give the remaining grain to the hungry children or the starving animals. The people came to the smith and said, Please rub the talisman. The smith put the talisman between his hands, rubbing it. What do you need? Well, our crops ain't made and we're getting hungry. Can you send some help? It will come soon. A couple of days later, a small, round, green man on a tiny mule rode into town. He was followed by three mules laden with bulging burlap bags. He spoke not a word and went straight to the field and began spreading a strange green powder from the bulging bags. Before he had even finished the last field, the first was sprouting green. For three days and nights, the fields were filled with a miraculous crop. The people gathered and harvested, stored and saved great amounts of grain. They worked for over a week to gather in the wonderful harvest. Now there was plenty of food. In fact, the next year, there was still so much that the people saw no need to plant more seed. It was so the next year and the year after that. The ground grew thorny and hard without being worked. Finally, the town began to run out of food. By now, the ground was covered with weeds. It was hard and rocky. The plows and sickles had rusted. The people of the town came to the smith, rub the talisman again. He did. What do you need? Well, we're running out of food again. Can you send that little green fella around? I can only send each gift once. You must think of something else. That was a surprise to everyone. The people talked it over. One said, you know the towns around here have plenty of food. If we had weapons and horses, we could go and take what we need. As for weapons, the smith did. A few days later, 
a huge bearded, scarred man rode into town at the head of a string of horses. Each horse loaded with swords and spears, shields and armor. The people learned to use these things. Soon they rode, war, rode forth, taking whatever they wanted and slaying all who stood in their way. For another three years this went on until there was no one left in the area around the village. The survivors had all fled. Now the townspeople were divided into small groups, fighting one another over the few remaining stores of food. Three leaders of these groups made an uneasy alliance and came to the smith. They demanded that he rub the talisman for the third and last time. What do you want me to ask for? We don't know. You think of something. The smith thought and rubbed the talisman. What do you need? Well, we don't hardly know. How about you send us whatever you think we need most? That is wise. It will come soon. A few days later, a woman rode into town on a beautiful small black horse. She was tall and thin with magical laughing eyes and a beautiful smile. She had a long thin face and shining black hair plaited down her back to her waist. Her rainbow-colored clothes flowed around her gently in the breeze. Slung on her shoulder was a lute, and in her belt was a flute. She rode into the middle of town, lifted up the flute, and began playing a marvelous melody. The people gathered round, drawn to the tune. At first they were fingering their weapons, rusty swords and battered spears, then the stranger began to play her lute. She sang songs of sisterhood, of brotherhood, love, laughter, and fellowship. Haunting melodies drew each heart in, and the people around began to feel like friends and comrades. As she sang, the shields and other weapons thudded softly to the ground. The minstrel began to tell stories of growing green things, of the marvel and wonder of the earth, of people working in harmony to create good and helpful things. And as she spoke, she led the people to the fields. There she played her flute again, and the people used their useless destructive weapons to begin to clear the fields for planting. Furrows were dug, seeds hidden for years were brought forth and planted. The remaining food was enough when shared to last until the crops were harvested. The village kept the songs and the stories it had learned. Unlike the food, unlike the weapons, the stories and songs never wore out or were spoiled. To this day, the people of the village tell their stories 
sing their songs, plant their crops, and live in peace and plenty, working together in love. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Foster Services for Magical Creatures. Do you have a spare room, stall, or aquarium, and a big heart? Perhaps you could help a stray fairy tale creature find their way to their forever home. Current foster opportunities include a troop of brownies who need a house to clean and a warm bowl of milk each night, or a griffin with an extra wide wingspan and a hoard of gold whose nest was destroyed in a forest fire. Please let us know if you have a large tree and if any of your neighbors have small dogs, or a Jenny Green Teeth whose river is dried up and is currently awaiting rehousing. She will need a large tank that has algae overgrowth. Please do not consider housing her if you have small children or are lured by magical singing. Open your heart and your home to the magical world and become a member of Foster Services for Magical Creatures. This episode is also brought to you by the Patreon supporters, who are generous supporters of storytelling, which is pretty cool. You are the cumin in our autumn chili. I had to know what that squirrel was carrying. Was it a glowing lawn ornament, or a bit of shiny paper, or a fairy that was being kidnapped? I waited till I saw it crossing the fence again with that sparkly thing in its mouth and popped my head out the door. Now, I don't know about the squirrels in your area, but mine are quite friendly, so I just asked. What are you carrying? The squirrel paused, took the sparkly thing out of its mouth, and responded quickly, This is the dream of spring. It tore the thing in two and tossed me a piece, placing the rest of it in its mouth and scampering on. I caught the shimmering piece of fluff, and when it rested in my hand, I could smell damp green earth, early morning light, and trees stretching out in the warming sunlight. Then it was gone, and the fluff had disappeared. The second teller for this episode is Lynn Ford, a fourth-generation, nationally-recognized Afro-Latin storyteller. She is a teaching artist with the Ohio Alliance for Arts Education and a workshop facilitator. She is a writer, published in storytelling magazines and newsletters, as well as teachers' enrichment books and story anthologies and her own books. She is a recording artist with award-winning CDs. So settle in to enjoy Lynn Ford telling the story Go to. Now, a lot of folks don't realize that that rabbit had a family, a good wife by the name of Miss Marley, and a bunch of little rabbits. Sometimes they just call them the little rabs instead of giving all their names. And sometimes there might be just three of them, but you know rabbits, there were probably a whole lot more. Still, even when you got a big family of rabbits, they may be good for the eating in a garden, but not necessarily good for the work that needs to be done. And Rabbit was thinking about that as he hopped up the road. See, it was harvest time, and he had done some planting. He had a field of corn that needed to be harvested, and a field of wheat that was swaying in the breeze and ready to be cut down for marketing. And he had a field of cabbage just laying there flat, waiting for his family to eat. So he was going to keep that to the family. But he still needed to do all that cutting and harvesting, and that was a whole lot of work. As Rabbit hopped along the road trying to think of how he could get out of doing some of that work himself, he noticed Brother Lizard standing in his own field. The Lizard had a scythe in his hands, 
For those folks that don't know what a scythe is, it's a long-handled cutting tool with a long, sharp blade and little handles at the side of that long handle so you can swing it back and forth, swickety-swack, swickety-swack. But Lizard wasn't swinging anything. He was just standing there in his field, looking all around. Well, Rabbit stopped hopping just to see what was going to happen next. And after a little while, he saw that Lizard clapped his hand one time against the side of that long handle. And Lizard said, Go to. And that scythe shot out of Lizard's hands and started cutting his field, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Rabbit said, Well, look at that. Brother Lizard is just standing there in the middle of his field, not doing a lick of work while that scythe goes around and cuts stuff down for him. Swickety-swack, swickety-swack. Rabbit said, sure would be nice to have something like that for myself. I want one of those. And Rabbit hopped on into town and he went to the general store and he went to the hardware store and every place else he could think of, but nobody had a scythe like Lizard's. Rabbit hopped on home and went in his barn and tried to put something together, but it didn't work like lizards. And Rabbit finally decided, hmm, I know what I'll do. I'll just uh, borrow Lizard's scythe. Well, Rabbit hopped on down the road toward Lizard's, and he didn't see Lizard anywhere, and he heard those snoring sounds coming from inside Lizard's house, and there at the side of the house, sitting all by itself with nobody watching over it, was that special scythe. Rabbit said, ha, he won't even know I have it. I'll just uh, borrow it right now. You folks know the difference between borrowing and stealing. Rabbit took that scythe, hopped on back to his field, and when he got to his field, he stood there in front of the corn. He held on to that scythe. He clapped his hand against the side of that scythe. He said, go to. And the scythe shot out of his hand and started cutting the corn. Swickety-swack, swickety-swack. Rabbit said, look at that. I don't have to do any work. Just stand here. Isn't that wonderful? And he clapped his hand with joy. And that scythe started cutting a little faster. Swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Well, look at that, said Rabbit. If I clap my hands, the thing moves faster. And he clapped a good bit more. And that thing started cutting even faster. Swiggity-swack, 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 swiggity-swack. And after a while, that corn was sitting on the ground. The scythe shot on over to the wheat and started cutting there. Swiggity-swack, 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 swiggity-swack and cut down all that wheat, ready for Rabbit to do whatever he wanted with it. And then that scythe started moving over toward the cabbage. Rabbit said, okay, scythe, you can stop cutting now. I want to keep that for my family. Swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Uh, you can stop now, scythe. Swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Quit now, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Stop, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Halt, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Don't, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. Quit it, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. No, swiggity-swack, swiggity-swack. <laughs> that scythe was cutting that cabbage into shreds like paper strips on the ground, and Rabbit didn't know what to do. Well, he ran lickety-split to Lizard's house, knocked on the door and woke up Lizard. He said, uh, uh, Brother Lizard, um, I need a little assistance. You see, I, uh, <laughs> borrowed your scythe to cut my fields and I can't get it to stop. 
lizard said, uh, borrowed, huh? <laughs> and he walked out the door and started running with Rabbit back on up the road, and there was that scythe still cutting the cabbage, swiggity-swack, 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 shredding it into thin strips like paper on the ground. Lizard looked at Rabbit. <laughs> borrowed, huh? <laughs> and he stood there, and he clapped his hands. And Lizard said, do stop. And that scythe stopped and dropped to the ground and quit cutting. But now all that cabbage that Rabbit had wanted to keep for his family was laying on the ground, shredded like paper. Rabbit said, oh, what am I going to do? Wanted to keep the cabbage for my family. Lizard said, uh, Rabbit, you know how to make coleslaw. Rabbit said, no. Well, <laughs> said Lizard, you better learn. He walked over, picked up his scythe, and he went on home. And Rabbit's poor family had to eat coleslaw for about a year. But after that, Rabbit never borrowed anything without asking. Swickety swack. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Colleen Jane and Lynn Ford on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. We are in strange times for performing artists, but art is needed now more than ever. Go find your favorite storytellers of the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know you can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast or me, I'm Rachel Ann Harding. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The Beautiful Brains Behind the Fairy Tale sponsor was the idea of what would we put in the empty tanks in our house. I would think about a Jenny Green Teeth, but only because I don't have kids right now. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was quite literally the Squirrel Highway that runs along the backyard. They are so busy every day and who knows what they're carrying. Roots, branches, trees, crab, definitely crab apples. A lot of crab apples. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.